Training's hard. Really, really hard. Two weeks into the Big 12 season, and the Texas Longhorns are not in last place. That title belongs to the Oklahoma Sooners, who face off against Texas this week in the Red River Showdown. But before we get to that, we're going to recap the Longhorns' 38-20 to victory over West Virginia. I'm Cameron Parker, joined alongside Wes Scott Eberts, the managing editor of Burnt Orange Nation, burnorangenation.com, where you can follow all the great content this week for the Red River Showdown. And, of course, you can listen to this podcast and the Longhorn Republic podcast as well, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Wes Scott, how you doing? I'm doing all right. just uh, started my West Virginia uh, rewatch uh, before we jumped on here, and that should be a little more pleasant than last week. Just a little bit. Also, viewers can't or listeners can't see you like in the sunbeam right now. Are you getting called up, getting beamed up, Scotty? <laughs> just about. I'll try to uh, finish the podcast before that happens. All right, so let's start off. I know you want to start off. Um, well, obviously, today was uh, Sark and the player availabilities. I know you want to touch on that a little bit. And then, of course, the, the players meeting last week. That actually looks like it was a good thing now after Texas was able to knock off West Virginia. Yeah, I definitely was wondering, you know, about which direction things would go for the Longhorns after that. Uh, players only meetings tend to be a bad sign, means that you've been losing, uh, means that bad things may be in your future. Uh, assistant coach firings or, you know, declarations of support from the administration, if that kind of trend continues. Um, it did not for the Longhorns. And, um, you know, just a couple of players said today that um, they're really just uh, focusing on on the details of, of execution and even smaller details like, um, you know, making sure that their locker room is is clean. Yeah, and I think it was Roshan Johnson, right, who was the kind of the, the commander in that that meeting. I, I forget who said the quote today, but it sounded like it was Roshan who was kind of in charge of that players only meeting. Yeah, definitely, definitely a big voice during that meeting. Um, you know, a guy that you know really was pointed out as one of the only uh, player leaders on that team last season when um, you know that group had a, had a deficit in that regard. But you know, he's continued to step up and and he's continued uh, to be a key voice for this Longhorns team. And it came at a big time too, with a lot of parity now in the Big Twelve. It seems like with the Jayhawks being 2-0 and and leading the conference, not in basketball, actually in football. Oklahoma's at 0-2. It seems like it's still pretty wide open. Oklahoma State beat Baylor. Uh, TCU knocked off Oklahoma. Actually, more of them blew them out, really. And then, of course, Texas won last week. But let's just start with the Longhorns today, Wes Scott. And I think you got to start with the offense, right? Just two two punts overall in that game after an opening three and out. Looked a little shaky. Texas would go on to score in every single possession except for the one punt in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit of a slow start for the Longhorns. They were able to pick up a first down on the first drive, uh, then had a sack uh, that ended up uh, killing that drive. After that, uh, Texas scored four consecutive touchdowns um, in the first half. Uh, you know, only 12 seconds left when they got the ball right before halftime. Uh, won't really count that drive, but then uh, they scored a touchdown. Um, and had a punt, then a field goal, and then we we're able to run out the final uh, almost four and a half minutes of that game. So uh, not quite as productive in the second half. Uh, West Virginia, um, you know, had three drives 
uh, that went 13 plays or more. So they kind of controlled the ball um, in the second half. And I think there's a little bit of frustration from the players uh, that they weren't able to get off the field in the second half. But, um, you know, at the same time, uh, West Virginia was, uh, you know, never, never able to make it a close game. And those drives uh, took so long because uh, the Longhorns defense uh, just wasn't giving up big plays, Uh, no real big plays, um, you know, at all uh, on the ground game for West Virginia, the longest run of the game was only 14 yards for them. Uh, They ended up averaging uh, two yards per carry for the game, um, aided by um, a handful of sacks by the Longhorns. You're finally able uh, to get more pressure on a a little bit more of a uh, less mobile quarterback in in JT Daniels and the Longhorns have seen in recent weeks, Um, you know, one catch of 27 yards, a catch of 32 yards. Uh, But for the most part, uh, Texas, defense did a good job um you know of limiting those big plays um and also had seven pass breakups too so uh the longhorns defensive backs are, uh, did a better job this week um and just playing that type of sticky coverage um that uh that their position coaches want from them the stats going in for west virginia looked really pretty and we talked about it last week on the the wednesday preview pod but coming in um they averaged 33 minutes time of possession, which was 14th in the nation, and they had 32. And then plays, they ran 78, averaged 77. But where Texas won was they had three sacks against West Virginia. And going into that game, JT Downs only been sacked five times. That averaged 217 yards per game, only rushed for 61. That's two yards per carry. And even in the passing game, averaged about 272 per game. And JT Daniels threw for 253. And then first downs as well came in fifth in the nation, averaging about 29 first downs per game, finished with 22. But a lot of that came in the second half. And you mentioned the scoring drives and the the frustration from the players. Now, the issue for Texas the last three games was the opening drive for the opponent. Bama, UTSA, and Texas Tech each scored on their opening drive. Averaged about, well, Bama had 11 plays in that first drive, UTSA 20. Texas Tech 18, all over 50 yards. UTSA and Texas Tech had a scoring drive of 74 and 75 yards, each for a touchdown in each nearly eight minutes long. West Virginia went three and out on the first drive. I believe they punted. And in the second drive, they came back and went for it, did not get it, which I think was huge for a Texas defense that had troubles with third and fourth downs going into this game. But the first five drives of the game for West Virginia, punt, turnover on downs, punt, punt, punt and then the first drive in that second half after texas scored west virginia turned it over on downs i think that was probably maybe one of the best defensive possessions of the entire game because west virginia moves on the field into ut territory from the texas 29 baron sorrell gets his second sack of the game or i think maybe it was his first and a half i think he finished with one and a half sack so i think it was his technically one first how do you say that first and a half sack whatever and then Second down, Ryan Watts with a good breakup. Passes a little bit behind from JT Daniels. And then the next play, Jade Barron, a great breakup. And then on fourth and 15, West Virginia goes for it. JT Daniels with a really bad throw, uh, short of the sticks, incomplete. And for me, those six possessions, I think, were huge for Texas defensively, Westcott. But then on the other hand, the three scoring drives for West Virginia, 13 plays, 18 plays. 14 yards. They were seven to 10 on third downs and three from three on fourth down. So I don't really know what to make of those scoring drives. Is it just garbage time or is there still some issues with the Texas defense? 
Um, probably, probably a little bit of both. I'll have to go back and, and watch those to see, you know, exactly what was happening. Um, you know, I think the big thing though, like I mentioned earlier is just, uh, you know, not giving up, uh, big plays, you know, at that point in the game to really give the Mountaineers a chance to get back into it. Um, you know, I thought it was really important for Texas uh, to be able to get off the field only five plays for West Virginia on that first drive. Uh, we're able to get the turnover on downs on the second drive uh, by uh, breaking up uh, two passes. Nice plays by Anthony Cook, put a big hit on the West Virginia tight end, and, and Ryan Watts uh, was able to break up a pass intended for Bryce Ford Wheaton. Uh, so kind of early signs of, of that, you know, sticky coverage and those uh, Texas defenders really – uh, having an impact on, on the West Virginia pass catchers and, uh, you know, really just overall uh, did a much better job defending the middle of, of the field too, after uh, so many issues, uh, you know, against Texas tech in that regard. And, um, you know, a strong game from, from Baron Sorrell. Um, he had uh, two and a half sacks in the game. So that gives him four on the season. Um, you know, Texas leader last season, Ben Davis had two and a half sacks uh, for the entire year. So uh, nice to see Sorrell make an impact. Um, he had a sack and a half in that first game against Louisiana Monroe and hadn't been uh, particularly impactful in the pass rush uh, since then. So, you know, that was really big for the for the Longhorns to get some production um, from him. Uh, Mora Ojimo also had a sack in that game after missing last week uh, with his ankle injury. Um, so the big play from him and, um, you know, seven tackle for losses overall for Texas. Uh, pretty solid. Byron Murphy had a nice game and, um, you know, Jalen Ford again um, all over the place, uh, led the team with uh, 14 tackles, including one for loss. Uh, so he continues uh, to play good football for the Longhorns when, um, you know, he doesn't have to deal with the team targeting him in, um, in pass coverage quite as much. To me, it looked like Texas DBs were more physical, more aggressive. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I thought they were. And, um, you know, I thought that um, they were more in sync um, with the pressure packages uh, that Texas was running, something that um, Sark said last week uh, was was an issue for them. So I think, you know, they got some things cleaned up. I, I think, you know, with those seven passes broken up, a couple of them, um, you know, could have gone, you know, for interceptions. I think that's the next step. Texas wasn't able to force any turnovers, uh, no interceptions in that game, uh, no forced fumbles either. Uh, they're really trying, you know, just got a, a lot of guys trying to uh, strip the football. And, you know, I think uh, one play that, you know, Deshaun Jamison said that he would like to have back. Um, you know, he had a, a good break on the football and, and was able to break it past up, but, you know, admitted that he, he kind of, you know, brought his eyes down to all the open field in front of him um, would have been a pick six if, if he'd been able to bring that in. So um, still looking for a little bit more consistency from him, but, you know, Anthony cook told us that he thinks that, you know, the turnovers are going to start coming for Texas and that when they do, they'll, they'll come in abundance and, you know, possibility that that, that could come, you know, this weekend, if uh, Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback isn't available after suffering a concussion on Saturday. Yeah, Texas minus one, the turnover margin this season, 88th, error tied for 80th in the country. But no interceptions for Hudson Card, no fumbles, a really clean game overall. I thought going in that the two biggest factors in this game were going to be turnovers and third downs. And no turnovers from either team, I believe. Third downs uh, on paper, West Virginia was 9 of 18. I think Texas was 5 of 9. But until... 
the second to last scoring drive for West Virginia, they were three of 10 on third downs, which is pretty big. And they finished six for eight for the game coming on those two last scoring drives, which were in garbage time. But it felt like PK and this Texas defense finally found the way to get off the field on third and fourth downs. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, Much improved uh, performance from from Texas. Um, in that category after just a massive amount of of struggles last week. Um, West Virginia did convert uh, three fourth downs, but, um, you know, none of them were, were particularly impactful in the game. So uh, still, you know, arguably some some area for improvement um, in that category. But, um, you know, it just it wasn't something that that hurt the Longhorns in this game. Yeah, all three third fourth down conversions came on the scoring, the three scoring drives for West Virginia, which of course makes sense. And the second, the last, or the second scoring drive for West Virginia, it was second and goal. And Texas had two just really stupid penalties. One was Merle Ojemo lining off off sides, which happened, I think, three times in that game against West Virginia. And the Sean Jameson called for a really ticky tack, unsportsmanlike or roughness penalty, just kind of bickering with a West Virginia receiver. It was going both ways either don't call it or call it on both players, but that kind of led to that score for West Virginia because of Texas. Cause there was a holding penalty called on West Virginia and then it was offset by Ojimo lining offside. So it could have been third and goal or second, even longer. And then one other scoring drive or one non non scoring drive for Texas was Scott. I think it's probably the worst offensive possession outside. The first one was right after West Virginia turned the ball over on downs in the fourth and 15. Texas had pretty solid field position on their own, I think 30, 40-yard line. They get a first down, and then the offensive line kind of falls apart. Hayden Connor gets beat on the edge, gets called for a holding penalty, and then the next play, a little quick tight end screen to the Tavon Sanders. Christian Jones gets called for a block in the back, and then ends up being first and 30, and then Hudson Card gets sacked. I think it was more on Hudson Card. It looked like an RPO to me, Westcott, and kind of held on to it and then was sacked for a six-yard loss, ended up being second and 36. I would like for Texas in that position to really put their foot on the gas there and, and you know, extend the lead to 42-7 and take out any life of West Virginia. It didn't matter in the long run, but it just feels like little things that Texas still needs to improve on on that possession and the defensive possession where you're lining up offsides. So you just you got to figure out a way to not line up offsides, I think. Yeah, frustrating to see um, Texas continuing, you know, to have issues after two offsides penalties uh, produced uh, pass interference and then a long completion against Texas Tech last week. Uh, But overall, you know, an impressive day uh, for the offense. I thought Hudson Card played his best game at Texas, 21 of 27 passing uh, for 303 yards, three touchdowns, had one play that he got a little bit lucky on, flushed out of the pocket left. Uh, you know, tried to throw the shot play to Xavier Worthy, um, left it a little bit short, uh, bounced off the fingertips of, of a West Virginia defender and kind of fell under the arms of, of Worthy. Uh, but, you know, Worthy had a little bit, um, came up hobbling, you know, on, on one play. And I, I thought that that was kind of a bad sign early, but uh, was able to really battle through it. Had seven catches for 119 yards and two touchdowns. He remains the only Texas wide receiver with a touchdown catch this season. But I thought, you know, one thing that was really hardening for me was, um, 
you know, just Hudson Card showing a little bit more, um, you know, chemistry with Jatavian Sanders. The first play of the game uh, was a run pass option that targeted Sanders. Uh, he had five catches for 78 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, one of them from, you know, Xavier Worthy. He made a nice throw on that play. It was a double pass uh, through that 33-yard touchdown. Um and then, uh, you know, solid game from Bijan Robinson as well. Went over 100 yards again, uh, had a touchdown. Long run of only 16 yards that came late in the game. Uh, but against a, a strong defensive front in, in West Virginia, um, I think being able to average, you know, 4.8 yards per carry uh, for the game is something that the Longhorns will take uh, with an offensive line that still has some very young pieces that, um, you know, are, are improving. And I think, you know, Cole Hudson was a guy who had a rough week against Texas Tech. And, you know, he bounced back and played played better this week. So, you know, that's a good sign for the Longhorns as well. Yeah, I think Hudson was the highest graded offensive lineman uh, per pro football focus. And all the offensive stats for Texas exceeded the averages for West Virginia. They threw for 400 or they finished with a total of 446 yards, which was 144 more than the season average. West Virginia, which was 23rd in the nation, uh, threw for 130 more passing yards than usually they give up and then ran for 40 more than what they usually go up as well, which is a really good West Virginia defensive line. You mentioned the stills dude. He's a monster. Uh, usually only gave up 98 yards per game, finished with 140. So overall, I think it's a, it wasn't a perfect game for Texas Westcott, but they did everything well enough to win. And I think it's, well, let me ask you this. Do you have a lot more, does your confidence Where's your confidence now after this win following the Texas Tech loss? You got to feel a little bit better, right? Yeah, I think the big thing is just having, you know, Xavier Worthy out there and able to, you know, be able to continue getting open deep because, you know, that's such an important part of the offense and, and something that, you know, the Longhorns lack so severely in that second half against the Red Raiders. Um, you know, again, you know, Jatavian Sanders producing in the passing game with Hudson Card. Hudson Card continuing uh, to show some growth. You know, if Quinn Ewers isn't able to come back, you know, Sark said today that, you know, they're healthier at that position than they have been in a while. I thought Ewers looked, you know, pretty solid in warmups, maybe not completely letting it rip, um, you know, but showing uh, a significant level of improvement over, you know, the UTSA game. But, you know, Texas, if Texas has to stay with Hudson Card, um, you know, I have confidence after that performance that he can play well enough to beat Oklahoma and the Cotton Bowl next Saturday. He has played more than well enough to win, I think, in every game this season, right? Played great against yeah, Alabama. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't really been been, you know, I didn't think he was really great against, you know, Alabama or, you know, even at times against UTSA. But, you know, of course, he was battling, you know, through an ankle yeah. injury, too, and, um, you know, was able to make some key plays with his legs, um, you know, had another 17 yard scramble in this game. So, you know, I think that's just kind of, you know, evidence of his improved pocket presence, uh, something that he said that he worked on a lot and that you know, I think just kind of improved through um, experience and, and just feeling more comfortable out on the field. I think that his eye discipline has gotten better. That was something that, you know, he admitted that he really struggled with last year. Uh, just having his eyes come down to the pass rush when he started to feel pressure. Um, I don't see him doing that as, as much, you know, this year. And when he has those opportunities um, after climbing the pocket and sees, you know, some, 
uh, some open, open turf in, in front of him. He's been taking off and, and, and running and he's been, you know, getting more healthy every week. And I think that's, you know, helped him with his accuracy as well. There, there was still one shot play that he overthrew um, Xavier worthy when he was open. So, you know, that continues to be an area for growth, but other than that, um, you know, he, he played really close to a, a flawless game for the Longhorns on Saturday. I, I just don't think it's going to happen where Hudson card is going to hit Xavier worthy in stride a perfect pass it's just it's not going to happen at least we got one it was a tip play probably should have been picked off but i'm i'm past the point of hoping or expecting that card's going to finally hit worthy on that shot play i just it's just never going to happen well he hit one last year against i believe it was against west virginia so it has happened at least once and um you know i'm I'm kind of interested in in knowing what it, what it looks like in practice if he has you know issues um, you know, during practice with those throws and it just hasn't translated to the games or um, if that's a problem in, in practice as well. And I'm not sure if Sark would, um, you know, give a straight answer on that, but um, that's kind of the, the last major area for growth. Um, if, if Card does keep playing to to be able to make those plays and, um, you know, I think, I think he is capable. I think he is capable of it. He just has to be able to execute, um, you know, once he gets in between the lines. And he was being worked on the sideline. His ankle was being uh, taped up and was being treated throughout that West Virginia game. So he's still not 100%. Xavier Worthy, he was hobbling throughout the game. He got re-injured, I think, early on in that game. West Scott ended up finishing with seven seven receptions over 100 yards. He threw a touchdown pass. I think he caught a touchdown pass. But just a gutsy effort, not only from Hudson Card, but Xavier Worthy. Yeah, no question. Uh you know, we talk a lot about, you know, Xavier Worthy's contact courage, even though he's 160 pounds, but, um, you know, clearly he's a, he's a tough guy and, um, you know, more ways than just that willing to, to battle through pain on the field. But, um, you know, you meant you brought up, uh, Worthy's, you know, touchdown pass. And, uh, I think Jordan Whittington would kind of, uh, you know, want us to talk about this. He had a, a key block on that play to make sure that, uh, Worthy was, um, yeah. you know, able to deliver that pass. And so we got to, got to give him credit for that. He was, um, you know, seemed, seemed a little bit disappointed that he hasn't been recognized for some of those blocking efforts more, but uh, that's certainly an area where, you know, he's been outstanding on, on a lot of uh, different successful plays for the Longhorns this season. And, um, you know, that he's really, um, you know, a key piece in, in being able to make a lot of uh, stuff work that ends up on the stat sheet of uh, other guys out there. Any other storylines from from this game Saturday you wanted to touch on? Um, I thought the uh, the Texas kickoff coverage was good too. Um, West Virginia had, yeah, I think Texas um, had over four hundred kickoff two, yards. Well, the uh, West Virginia's kick returns or the kickoff coverage. Um, West Virginia had two and they only went um, for 17 yards. So Texas uh, picking up some field position there. I think they'll need that uh, coming up this weekend. Um, you know, Sark was mentoring, mentioning uh, that, that Oklahoma is pretty dynamic on special teams. So uh, that, that kickoff uh, coverage unit uh, doing good work against the Mountaineers. Yeah. We'll get more in the Oklahoma on Wednesday's podcast. Guessing we're not going to have any idea who the starting quarterback is going to be for either team until probably 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Yeah, sometime on Saturday morning, um, you know, that should come out. You know, certainly once again, Sark uh, wasn't really 
you know, willing to say very much, but, um, you know, based on what Quinn Ewers uh, looked like in, in pregame warmups on Saturday, um, you know, I think there's a solid chance that he could start. Um, you know, Sark said that he'll go with the guy who gives them the best um, chance to win, um, you know, not really revealing very much there, um, you know, but, you know, certainly Hudson Card has done enough um, that if Quinn Ewers isn't at, you know, if he's at maybe 75, you know, 80, 85 percent, um, you know, the Longhorns, you know, might stick with Hudson Card uh, with the with the way that he's been playing and, and not take any risks uh, with Ewers damaging uh, the cartilage in that shoulder again. I was curious going in, actually, I want to ask you, first off, no uh, wildcat formation. Yeah. Um, for that? What's that? What was that? Were you excited to not see that throughout the entire game? I thought we were, we were going to get out on that fourth and four. That ended up being a field goal attempt for, for Bert Auburn, but no well, wildcat whatsoever. I was happy not seeing that, um, you know, in, in short guarded situations. I didn't really like um, the jumbo looks that they were giving in that and, and just, um, you know, kind of playing it in a phone booth and not really threatening the defense with the, you know, the threat of a pass or anything, you know, working towards the perimeter, any jet sweeps, anything like that. Uh, you know, Texas was uh, four out of five on, on third and short. So they were able to get into a fair number of situations there and, and their power success rate, um, you know, was good. Uh, I don't remember how many of those uh, were runs and how many were passes, but uh, they were certainly converting. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing, um, you know, the Wildcat, but, um, you know, not in those short yarded situations uh, with those heavy packages that Sark was using against Texas Tech. Or on second and 10 against Texas Tech when you go to the Wildcat and just completely kill the drive either, I would think. No, they had a little bit uh, more success um, with those plays, but I, I thought the issue on those plays tended to be more that um, you know, I thought Roshan Johnson should have pulled a couple of those. It looked like they had some uh, some pass options and could have gone in for big plays. So, you know, I think, you know, if Texas is looking for some big plays, that, that might be uh, something that they go to and finally having Roshan Johnson actually uh, deliver a pass from that formation. I didn't notice during the game on Saturday, usually before the offense comes out, the quarterback's warming up, right? And usually it'll be... Hudson Card and then the backup quarterback. So Charles Wright or Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers back and forth. During the game, it was Roshan Johnson warming up with Hudson Card and Xavier Worthy. I don't know if that's something that they've done the entire year, but it's something that I noticed and thought, huh, you know, why why is Roshan Johnson throwing passes with Hudson Card instead of it being Charles Wright and Hudson Card? Yeah, interesting. I had had noticed that, but uh, something to watch for um, at the Cotton Bowl next week for sure. Yeah, we'll touch more on the Cotton Bowl on Wednesday. Get your your favorite fried foods for sure going in. And one stat to give you guys a little taste of what's to come: TCU averaged eight yards per carry against Oklahoma this past Saturday. Two uh, two touchdown runs over sixty yards, one by Max Duggan, uh, one by Kendra Miller as well. So, uh, just a, a kind of a, a shocking defensive performance um, from a team that has a, a defensive-minded head coach who's well regarded. Yeah, and right now Oklahoma is tumbling. Not the first time they've lost two in a row before facing Texas. It actually happened just two years ago. And Oklahoma still won in that crazy four overtime thriller. All right, we'll be back for Wednesday's pod and get you guys all previewed 
for the Red River Showdown. And of course, if you got any questions you want answered, uh, leave a comment on the Burn Orange Nation podcast post or reach out to me or Westcott on Twitter, SBN underscore Westcott and Cameron D. Barker. Until Wednesday, Westcott. I'll see you then. Cheers.